This year, many New Zealanders will gain the ability to see their health records and communicate with their family doctor online. The move will give patients more power in the doctor-patient relationship and help improve care. But as this Radio New Zealand Insight has been finding out, it requires a major change of approach by doctors, and many are nervous. New Zealanders are about to get online access to their personal health information for the first time. A government plan and a priority of the governments this year is to encourage family doctors to offer electronic health records to their patients and it's now in high gear. I'm at a launch at the Beehive in Wellington of a group of what are called e-health ambassadors. They're GPs who will help patients and other doctors make the major shift to online sharing with health professionals of vital health information. It's it's a one-stop shop that will enable you to book appointments, renew prescriptions, see your lab results and even chat online with your GP. But when will it arrive where you live? Could it cost you money? And will your private information remain secure? I'm Karen Brown and this insight looks at e-health and what you need to know. Many people assume that if they arrive at a hospital in need, doctors there will have electronic access to their health data wherever it's held. But that is only now gradually becoming reality, after years of intense behind-the-scenes work by health officials and others. The whole move to get more information online is known as e-health, and amid many initiatives is one known as patient portals, which are the public gateway to vital health information. Their websites connecting the public to their family doctor through software similar to that used in internet banking. There are different systems, one of which, Manage My Health, is the most widely used. I've come to Karori Medical Centre to interview Dr Peter Moody. He's well known as a former medical director of Pharmac, but he's also a long-time Karori GP. Peter, what have we got here on your screen? Well, actually, we've got some. We've got some of your case notes. Dare I say it? This is your manage my health screen, which is your electronic access to your case notes. So what we've done is that we've effectively put your case notes up into the cloud. So you can have access to them, you can look them up yourself, and you can look to make sure that you've got all your laboratory results there. And I, have I became registered to, to use Manage My Health recently after being invited to do so by a GP. It's a voluntary opt-in system, and as you heard, I now have access to my full records, including what the doctor writes after a consultation. Not everyone who uses the portal or other similar software systems will automatically get this level of access. It's up to GPs what they offer and if they choose to get involved. What is expected to be available to all those using a portal are these basics. The ability to renew prescriptions, book appointments, access lab results and email your GP online. I'm logging onto the site now with my username and password. So that should get me in, and it has, and I'm looking at a number of different choices of things I can click on. For example, I've got a health summary here, I'll click on that to start with. That shows me all the medications that I've been prescribed, the name of the medication, the amount of it, and the date. All my diagnoses, they're there, listed with the dates that they were made. I can also, if I click here on visits, I can see the dates that I've visited the GP and um, there's also a tab that tells me recalls when I need to go back. Number of things, 
lab results is one that I'm particularly interested on. I'm clicking on that. There's a test which I can see and the doctor says there it's a bit raised. The doctor's comments are very useful because basically these are highly technical. All in all, this is giving me more actual information at my fingertips than I've ever had before and I'm quite excited. Dr Moody agrees that it's the extra comments by the doctor alongside the lab results that makes them really useful. You can see the result and it will have either an A for mildly abnormal or a double A for abnormal. And you see a lot of these single or double A's on your, on your results and you really want to know, my God, am I going to die? Is this something really terrible or not? And that's where the, that's where the additional comments uh, really come into play. Do you find some patients, the worried well sort of scenario, you know, more anxious than they would be without all that information? Well, that's one of the great risks of all of this and the thing that people were really frightened about, that the more information you got, the more you would worry. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case. And, and I mean, now the internet is there whether we like it or not. And people will always look up on the internet, and I, I would applaud them doing it. So my feeling so far is that it's not creating anxiety, it's actually giving people more comfort. Out of the Karori practices, 14,500 patients, between three and 400 are registered to use the portal. The practice has had the technology since 2008, but has only really begun rolling it out in the past year and is set to speed this up. I asked Dr Moody if it's an inevitable development in a technological age. I mean, that was the comment I made to my partners. I said, look, actually, we've now opened Pandora's box. There is no closing it. It is just going to continue. For my part, I think it means that uh, I have to be careful with what I write, just to make sure that I'm being clear about what, I, what I'm actually saying. Tony, hi. Come on down. A GP in the Wellington suburb of Island Bay, Richard Medlicott, was one of the earliest users of portals, piloting the software in the Lower North Island. His practice has 11,000 patients and has offered Manage My Health to about 850, with about 750 taking it up to date. There's some preconceived notions out there that, oh, the elderly wouldn't be interested, which is actually rubbish. A lot of the elderly are very IT savvy, and also they tend to have more complex medical needs, so for them it's very useful. The people who often don't want it are relatively young, fit and healthy people who just hardly even need to see a doctor, and they said, oh, no, it's just another password after a member, and so they take a pass. Dr Medlicott says it's great for patients with complex needs. They might have rheumatic heart disease or rheumatic fever or diabetes or cancer and getting lots of blood tests from us. They're seeing specialists, they're getting hospital discharge letters because anything that comes into our system electronically, not just something I've uh, generated, but a discharge letter from the hospital, an X-ray result from a radiologist, from a specialist, will get uploaded. So then it's something more for them to look at. He too is a firm believer in online access to health information. A lot of the things that I do take time and time does get pressured. So if you have an agreement with a patient that instead of me phoning them about the results, they get an email saying a result is there, they look up their portal, they can see the comment I've written next to that result and I'll, and I'll write it in plain English. So I'll say something like, oh well, 67 creatinine, kidneys fine, or your cholesterol's fine, or if clearly if it's something significant, I'd be phoning them and they need to come in, or if it's more complex. But you can 
you can manage a lot of things more efficiently. I'm in Berenpore in Wellington and I've come to see Blair Polly. Now he is an early user of the Manage My Health patient portal and I've come to his home here to see what he's actually doing with it and uh, what he thinks of it. It's very much like logging on to Facebook. You have a secure log on. I'll click on to that. I put in my email address, put in my little password. And bingo, we're there. He says the portal is helping him manage his type 2 diabetes. Let's say I've gone off to have my cholesterol tested, for example, which I do occasionally. If there's a, a new lab result that's come through, the doctor doesn't have to ring me up. He'll just fire it through on through the portal. He'll say, right, your cholesterol is good, you know, and if there's any problems, he'll, he'll make a note. But if it's normal, it just is like a little email. I go, oh, great. In Stoke, near Nelson, another portal user, Judy Bennett, values being able to email her GP, Bev Nichols, whenever she has a question. I don't know what he thinks about me emailing him, but I mean, it's usually just um, something urgent I need to talk to him about because he's also my mother's doctor. Because it's very hard to ring up the surgery and say, could I speak to Dr Nichols, please? So I find if I flick him a quick email, he'll answer me and... I found that quite handy. Dr Nichols himself shows no sign of being worried. In fact, he invites it. We're getting busier and busier all the time. There's a welter of results and other paperwork coming our way. And so I think for us it's about risk management, it's about not feeling overwhelmed and about managing the real job, which is looking after patients in a really safe and effective way and giving ourselves good time to do that. What do you think are the benefits that it could bring? We made a decision that we're going to go that way sooner or later, and it might as well be sooner. We made a decision based on the fact that we offer nurses on the phone as a triage type thing, and they will also pick up on the requests for patients to get their blood test results that they've had. That request, if you think about it, passes through a receptionist who's answered the phone, put onto the nurse who has a conversation to say, yes, that's normal. And that's wasted quite a lot of the patient's time getting through in the first place, our receptionist and a nurse. And so that time translates into time the patient spent perhaps when they're at work or in a lunch break trying to get through to us for something they may be anxious about. Less than 100 of the 10,000 patients at Stoke Medical Centre use the software, but Dr Nichols says they've only just begun rolling it out. The practice charges an annual fee of about $10 for patients who want to register for Manage My Health. The software allows for charges to be imposed by doctors' practices at any time if they decide it's needed, perhaps because of the extra work that could be entailed in answering emails. But might Dr Nichols practice charge extra on top of the current annual fee? We haven't worked that one out yet. I think it'll be interesting. I think the bottom line is... We are relatively conservative um, in terms of the advice we might offer through an email and we will be quite ready to ask a patient to come in because we obviously need to be clinically appropriate and we need to do the best job for the patient. So there may be a finite limit to how much people can get value from emailing. And of course, bear in mind at the moment we get multiple phone calls a day which are translated into a message within my, um, my medical system which I then have to answer. So that's sort of an indirect email. Karori's Peter Moody says other than prescription renewals, which already incur a fee, they see no need to charge. 
There could be extra work entailed, and, and there is no doubt about that. If that became a problem, I would have no hesitation about explaining to patients in advance that, in fact, that some of their questions may incur a fee. And uh, repeat prescriptions are a good example of that. I mean, we charge for doing a repeat prescription because there's a lot involved with it. I believe that 90% of those sort of complicated questions will result in my saying, I think I just need to see you. But if it became more complex than that, then yes, we all get paid for our time, and I think time may well uh, be charged out. Manage My Health from a firm called MedTech is one of four different systems available for doctors' practices. The others are Health365 from software maker MyPractice and systems from firms IntraHealth and Houston. Which system a GP practice uses often depends on which software they use to manage the rest of their practice. Doctors' practices are private businesses that receive a government subsidy for each enrolled patient. The patient's bill, known as a co-payment, tops that up. The Medical Association and some GPs say the cost of patient portals is significant. The chair of the Association's General Practice Council, Kate Baddock, says getting set up can run into tens of thousands of dollars. Just to bring in the software and to have it functional within the practice system. It needs to be embedded within the practice software. It then requires training of all the staff and how it would work. And then there's the integration to the other parts of the practice. So it's, it is an expensive enterprise. And at the end of the day, someone is going to have to pay. She says practices can't absorb that cost without extra help. There is still a limit to what extent you can increase your co-payments. So therefore, you cannot absorb the cost of something like this within that structure. There have been a variety of innovative ways of looking at this. Some practices are charging patients to have access to the portal. Some practices are charging a, a transactional cost, and some are doing both. The National Health IT Board and the Health Ministry has paved the way for this aspect of e-health and is now encouraging practices to make the change. It says medical practices face a one-off cost of two to $3,000 to get up and running, followed by an ongoing subscription fee of a similar amount. But the director, Graham Osborne, is hands-off when it comes to how practices and community healthcare in general should go about buying and funding their systems. If you buy in bulk, then you're going to get a better deal from the software companies. So GPs need to come together and work with their primary healthcare organisations to get the best deals. Look, it's not for the Ministry of Health to solve this problem at a national level. Uh, we want to see competition. We want to see lots of innovation in this space. He says the government's very clear about how the rollout should be financed. The government already funds primary care through capitation. This is a service extension that GPs are providing their consumers and GPs, as they do with all of their services, need to think through where the costs lie and how they will fund those. We think over time that GPs will be less concerned about this because there will be other benefits that flow to them. So we think some of the costs will lie on the GP side and some there will be innovative ways that consumers will be asked to pay for the services as they use them. He says GPs should get on board. Ultimately, if, if GPs choose not to, they don't have to change. But I'm going to suggest that consumers are looking for this, uh, whether it's in banking or whether it's in employment or in their leisure time. Uh, their world is connected and it's about information being shared and, and people feeling in control. And uh, the health system needs to go with that movement. 
The government says 10 to 15 per cent of the country's 1,200 general practices either have or are now implementing the portals. And Manage My Health estimates more than 30,000 New Zealanders are interacting electronically with their doctor. Graham Osborne nevertheless concedes that financial incentives may be needed to get some practices over the starting line, but insists any assistance won't provide the full cost. There are options that are always going to be considered, but they're going to be very much to fix some of the things that are broken uh, rather than an overall um, subsidy for everybody. Well, can you elaborate on what you mean by that? So there's a possibility of some financial contribution from the government to fix certain things. Can you explain what sort of thing might happen? Well, look, I mean, it is exactly as I've said. Uh, there's an option to uh, have some money available to help uh, fix some areas that, that don't go as quickly as we hoped. But um, for any GPs who are listening to this, uh, if you're in a major urban centre and you have a busy practice, then you shouldn't be relying on any funding coming from the centre. District health boards are deeply involved in the electronic changes underway because they're responsible for both community and hospital-level care, but also because health records need to be shared throughout the entire health system. The chief executive of the Auckland DHB, Ailsa Clare, says portals are an important development. This is about the patient being able to access what is written about them, to be able to influence what's written about them and to manage their own health. So what people need to have is, what's the information about the sort of issues I've got? Um, how do I find that out? How do I find out what I need to know about managing that? She says portals will be rolled out across the Auckland region over the next three years so everyone can have access. The National Health IT Board's goal is that nationally, 90% of people enrolled with a GP get portal access by the end of this year. Ailsa Clare says those in the northern region eventually will also be able to book hospital appointments through a link to their portal, and she's opposed to charges of any sort for patients using such a system. My expectation is that this would be free for the patient, um, and there's two reasons for that. I mean... I think that the information is stored on a GP record, but I have a very strong view that this is my, my information, this is the patient's information, and therefore they should have a right um, to see that and access it. Um, also, that if we are moving to a situation where we're trying to support individuals to maximise their own health care, then this is a critical part of it, and it doesn't really make any sense to me that there'd be a barrier, which is in relation to the charging, um, to, to that that whole process. At Auckland University's Tamaki campus, a researcher and former GP, Sue Wells, is a specialist in patient portals. She gained a scholarship to study how the system works in the United States. In the States, what they found was that they had huge patient satisfaction. Patients were so thrilled that they could access their records and also that they could help support their doctor, their nurse, to look after them. And that was what really changed the way people practised. They were so happy to be able to provide this. It was like a redressing of the balance of power. All of a sudden, the clinicians didn't have to hold all of the burden of responsibility, that it became much more of a shared partnership. But she has a worry regarding the rollout in New Zealand. There's talk about a, a GP portal. There's talk about a maternity portal, a Plunkett portal. I don't know, maybe even in the future an ACC portal. 
as a patient, I just want to go to one place to see all of this information. I don't want to have to have five or six different passwords to go to five or six different places. A Hamilton GP, Damien Tomich, is the medical director of the large and innovative Midland Health Network. He's also one of the seven GPs named as ambassadors at the Beehive launch and given the task of encouraging other GPs. He says it's taken four years of hard work to get 22 practices in the network offering portals with 19 more waiting. This is transformational change for clinicians. The vast majority have not been using a patient portal. They've been working the same way for 20, 25 years. You've got an older workforce. You have to collect that cohort of doctors and convince them it's going to add value. So that's a big conversation when you're taking them from A to Z. If you get them to Z and they want it, you have the issues of how much is it going to cost me? If I'm getting 10 emails a day, how am I going to fit that in? Will I have to take away face-to-face -face appointments? And if I do, what will that do to my bottom line? Will I be harassed by patients who now have this unfettered access to me and won't leave me alone? Has that happened to you? It, the reality is it doesn't happen. And in fact, what we've all found with our patients that traditionally we have called challenging, we found that it's actually helped the relationship because those patients often feel better connected. But will our private health information be safe when it's shared via a portal? All those involved insist it will be. Practices offering patient portals are encouraged to use specialist IT firms to store the encrypted patient information in a secure so-called hosted environment, separate from but linked to GP practices by high-speed fibre networks. An Auckland GP, Ashwin Patel, designed and produced his own practice management software, known as MyPractice, and the system also has its own portal, known as Health365. He says the information it provides access to is extremely secure. It is held usually at the practice and occasionally it's held in hosted data centres. But it is owned and managed by the practice itself. The content may belong to the patient, but the management responsibility is with the person who keeps the record. So the doctors, the nurses, the admin staff. The patients do have access to their notes. As of right, they can go up to a practice and ask for it. All the portal does is makes it much easier. You can access it any time you want to real time. Safety and privacy are governed by privacy legislation, government health information standards and a code of practice for GPs. Dr Patel says patients' rights, spelt out in the Health Information Privacy Code, to see their health information won't be weakened. The patient portal means they will also have rights to look at their notes rather than it will give anybody else rights. So, for instance, insurance companies won't have automatic rights to access the portal in your notes. Neither will funders or Department of Social Welfare or anybody else who doesn't already have access to your notes. In the United Kingdom, the anonymised medical records of everyone in England are being transferred from family doctors to a central database, raising fears about privatisation of health information and that individuals could be identified. Karori Medical Centre's Peter Moody says that won't happen here. We wouldn't allow it. I mean, that's the short answer because the company, which is actually the practice management system, we have an absolute and total guarantee that they will not use, they will not look at those records. Having said that, of course, there's an awful lot of quality control work which goes on in New Zealand, particularly in primary care, where anonymised data 
does get siphoned off, but it goes to the Ministry of Health or to ACC or wherever it is. And that data is used for quality control. The recently retired Privacy Commissioner, Marie Schroff, says there are huge benefits in e-health, but also risks. Now, in New Zealand at the moment, there's no proposal that we're aware of, and we're pleased about this, to share or sell that patient information. Aggregated patient information is already being used, though. There are plenty of lists of uh, transmittable diseases, and it's being used for all kinds of good purposes, like infection control and national health issues, such as disease control. But in terms of patients' own information being accessed by, say, a pharmaceutical company, there's no proposals on the table for that at the moment, and we think that it's very good to approach that very cautiously in New Zealand. If you lose people's trust, then you may have damaged the integrity of the whole system because they won't participate. She says the Privacy Commissioner will remain closely involved to ensure key protections are incorporated. We think there should be strong rules for the users of the system around access to patient information and that it should normally be done with the permission of the patient unless there's really good reasons like presenting um, unconscious um, following a road accident or something of that nature. And secondary purposes such as um, sale of aggregated information should be tightly controlled. Very importantly, access and use of patient information should be recorded, uh, it should be retained for a certain time and then it should be able to be accessed by the user so that they, if they want to, can find out who's been looking at my um, health records. High-profile privacy breaches, such as clinicians snooping on the medical records of cricket star Jesse Ryder after an assault, remain sensitive. Stephanie Fletcher heads a consumer panel, which is working closely with the National Health IT Board to ensure the system is the best possible, to retain the public's trust in their relationship with their doctor. It will be jeopardised if there is a health breach, particularly like ACC. So we have to make sure that there's everything in place that that doesn't happen in the first instance. I can only see positives out of it, and so if people have negatives, I'd like to hear that. But I can only see a positive interaction with a GP. The fact that you can go in and already have some stuff printed out and be informed as you go in, if you're more self-informed going in, then your 15-minute consultation is going to narrow down a bit because you're not going to have you know, the, the dancing around and the, the relationship building and that sort of thing because it's already taking place. Auckland DHB's Elsa Clare says the patient portal system looks set to be extremely secure. The data is stored in a way that is extremely secure. What the issues have been is who might access that record. In this case, the permissions to access the record rest with you and primary care. And if you had a shared care plan and you decided that actually you wanted someone else to access it, you can give permission to do that. The issues in terms of privacy breaches tend to be where the permissions haven't been strong enough in the system. And in this case, the permissions are very strong in the system. The Health Minister, Tony Ryle, says portals are the beginning of people taking more responsibility for their own health. We want to move from patients being customers and having things done to them to patients being partners in health with their clinicians and you need a platform to do that and portals and electronic records of this nature are all part of that. No one expects the transition to electronic health records to happen quickly but it will happen. 
What will be critical, say observers, is that software vendors cooperate so that all the systems being used can interact with each other. I'm Karen Brown, and that's Insight for this week. If you would like to contact us, you can send us an email to insight at radionz.co.nz or send us a tweet at rnz underscore insight. I wrote and presented that programme. It was produced by Philippa Tolley with technical production by Steve Burridge.